We're in a series called Crazy Church, and not crazy like, you know, out of your mind, crazy, uh, crazy like do things no one ever believed the believer could do. And uh, last week it was the first part of Acts chapter 2. This week it's the last few verses. You're going to learn a lot today. Be sure to read your notes and fill in the blanks and add things that you learn. Because it's, it's a blueprint for the earliest church and how they operated. And there's things we can learn from the original intent. Acts 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Lord Jesus, even now we devote ourselves for a few moments around your word. We ask that your word would change us, inspire us, allow us to do things never thought possible for the glory of God. In your wonderful name, amen. The church in action, everything is there, what I just read you. Discipleship, Bible college, prayer meetings, bunko, potlucks. Well, you heard fellowship and yeah. Sharing of bread, it's all there. A huge crowd of people just days earlier weren't a people, and now they are a people. And they're rallied around the vision that Christ had for his church. You remember in Matthew chapter 16, we go to verse 15. And Jesus said to his disciples, who do you say that I am? Forget about what everyone else says. They don't know. You've been with me this whole time. Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you're Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus had a big dream for his church. He dreamed it would be the most amazing group. In the purest sense, church is not a building on a parcel of land. It's not a political position. It's not a club or the next exciting thing. We can all be sitting in the same building and not all be in the church. There are some not in the building, maybe even in the wrong building, but they're in the church. And what a church. They had one focus, Jesus. He was who he said he was. He's our Lord and our Savior. He's the Son of God, and He is God. He always was, and He always will be. He's the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. He was arrested. He was tried. He was tortured. He was executed. But it didn't change who He was. He was who He said He was. He was the great shepherd. He's your only friend. He came from heaven, and even though he was laid in a tomb, it was a borrowed tomb because he wouldn't need it for long. He rallied the believers. 
About 500, Corinthians tells us. And he spoke about the kingdom of God. And before their very eyes, he ascended to heaven, just like he said he would. And he sent the Holy Spirit to guide and empower his church. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for you and I. He's your best advocate. Because on your worst day, he's sitting beside the Father saying, it's okay, I've covered that. The Holy Spirit will get them out of that mess and where they should be. He's advocating for you because there's an accuser, isn't there? And he's got help. Sometimes our best friends become accusers. Sometimes we accuse our own self. Aren't you glad we have an advocate? All of that because he was who he said he was. And is whatever scripture says he is. Are you ready for the next logical truth that's going to blow your mind? The church is what he said it would be. You know, we lose ourselves in the doing. Sometimes we forget what we're called to be and who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. We are who Jesus said we were. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. When the church has their mind right and they're focused on the things of God, nothing can stop the church. That's why this prayer weekend was such a valuable thing. Thank you for everyone that said their prayers this weekend and those that gave up a meal or two or whatever happened this weekend because the church is focused on fixing some things. And we can do it because we are who God said we were. The gates of hell will not prevail. We're an unstoppable force. We're a praying, believing, teaching, demon-busting, miracle-working force of heaven. That's who the church is. It doesn't matter what it looks like inside this building or how nice the projection is or how nice the music sounds. We are who God said we were. And we have a job to do. Let's go back to Acts 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves... All right, you ready to fill in the blank? Devotion, point number one. Spiritual results come through not wishful thinking, not pie in the sky, not hoping without doing. It comes through devotion. Being devoted. I'm sorry, but my mind goes in a weird direction. And I'm thinking if Olivia Newton-John can be hopelessly devoted To John Travolta? What should the church be doing for Jesus? That's a little grease analogy. Hopelessly devoted. People of devotion get things done. In fact, you're going to have to be devoted to stick with Jesus because there's going to be some bumpy rides along the way. There's going to be some unseen challenges that, wow, I didn't think that was coming. And it's at your front door. Don't, Don't even waver a moment. Don't even lose 
a bit of your calling. Be devoted to Christ. You're going to have to get past some things. Devotion will get your tired body out of bed. It'll focus your wandering mind as you study Scripture. It'll unsee temptation because it will come. And folks, you've got to wipe that thought out of your mind. Jesus was tempted in every way, same as man, but he never sinned. How did that happen? Devotion, commitment. There's a lot of options, but there's only one good option. It'll turn the tongue from complaining and compromise to praise and prophecy. That's devotion. Devotion will proclaim it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. Even if things don't come my way, I don't care. I died a long time ago. If we're not willing to die for Christ, we can't live for Him. If we're not willing to give up on some personal things for the greater cause, you'll never see victory. I've met people and they literally told me, well, I tried Christianity. It just didn't work for me. Seriously. Did you try it the way the Bible described it? Did you try it like Paul and Silas in the dungeon of a prison, worshiping God at the midnight hour? Did you try it like Peter crucified upside down because it wasn't good enough to be crucified like Jesus? That's devotion to the very end. It never crossed their lips or their mind that Jesus wasn't good enough or Christianity didn't work for them. They were devoted to Christ at all costs. We used to sing an old song. I didn't bring my phone, and it's probably better because when I tried to describe it to Megan, I was tearing up driving to church today. We used to sing a song. I have decided to follow Jesus. Remember that song? I couldn't remember the words, so I looked it up, and Wikipedia told me the story behind the song, and it, I lost it. I thought it was a song against popular culture. I'm not going to that movie because I've decided to follow Jesus. I thought maybe it was, I'm not going to compromise for that job promotion. I've decided to, it's all of that, but it's deeper than that. It came from the 1850s. And it came from India. How many go, what? One of our old hymns. And a tribal man had heard from a Baptist missionary about Jesus, and he gave his life to Christ. And the tribe brought him to council, and they said, you have to change your mind. And they brought his, he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. The words he said became the song. They didn't turn out, they didn't start as a song. They brought his two children in front of him and they murdered his children in front of him. And he said, though none go with me, still I will follow. I'm talking about devotion. How far will you take this? Your commitment to Christ. I pray no one ever has to make the 
they brought his wife in front of him, and she was murdered. And they executed him, and the last words he said, the cross before me, the world behind me. I have decided to follow Jesus. Jesus saw a devoted church just like in Acts 2. They were devoted to everything that's right. Look at verse 43. Awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Miracles, point number two, miracles bring a sense of awe. When God steps into our mundane world and he changes things miraculously, when the, the environment changes, when our situations and circumstances change through prayer, miraculously, we are in awe of God. When you've done everything you can do to fix your problem, and you finally give it over to God and somebody somewhere says a prayer for you and a miracle happens, there's a lot of rejoicing. You know, the Bible says when one sinner turns to the Lord, all heaven rejoices. It's a sense of awe. The church is empowered by the Holy Spirit to point people to Jesus. That's the whole reason. Never to fatten your own bank account or your prestige. Never to feel better about yourself. We got a great illustration of that in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 to 11. Simon was tapping into some dark power. He practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying he was somebody great. And they all paid attention to him, from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he amazed them with his magic. That's what magic does. It'll pump up the guy. Look at verse 12 and 13. Philip. Now let me describe. The church had been scattered because of the martyrs that happened of Stephen. And they went every place. And Philip ended up in Samaria. Well, how many know that's not the number one choice? For a Jewish fella. Samaritans were just on the bad list. So Philip wasn't your grade A disciple, apostle. He was last choice. Okay, you, Philip, go ahead and go to back it up that other verse. They believed Philip. He preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized, both men and women. They believed Philip. They believed Philip about Jesus, not about Philip. He didn't have Philip t-shirts. He didn't promote himself. He didn't say, why did I draw the short straw and end up in Samaria? He saw a demon-possessed town that needed some help because magic had the upper hand. How can I over... He didn't even preach about how bad Simon was. Sometimes we're so busy preaching about how bad everything is, we forget about how good Jesus is. Scripture says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Just let people know how great Jesus is and what he offers. 
We don't have to go against every evil thing and name every Simon that's out there. He preached Jesus in the kingdom of God. And they went, I'm in. I want to be part of that. And then it says, even Simon himself believed. Somewhere along the line, Simon with his tarot cards and whatever else he had, Ouija boards, whatever else was going on, Simon went, man, this is limited compared to what he's doing. And he said, Philip, I want what you got. He saw signs and great miracles before. He was amazed. He knew all the tricks of magic, but he'd never seen anything like what Philip was doing. Folks, we yearn for the miraculous not because we need another sideshow, because it'll amaze people to see miraculous things happen. Your best miracle is your life. I love going back to my class reunions. They're getting used to me now. They started having me pray at them. But I didn't get saved till I was 19. I wasn't the worst kid on the block. But 10-year reunion, I got a phone call before the reunion, and it was a, a gal, and she said, hey, I'm just trying to contact people from our class, let you know about the reunion. Yeah, I know all about it, Aaron, no big deal. And she had, a, she had an awkward pause. And I go, what? She goes, uh, we heard you're a holy man. And you know, Pastor Dave, I went, yes, I am. <laughs> we'll talk later. Every reunion, they look for the holy man. He was such a goof off in high school. I don't know how this happened. It's all about Jesus. And it is nothing but Jesus, what he offers our world. Whatever he's doing through the church and whatever miracles happen, it's because of Jesus. Look at verse 44, Acts 2, 44, 5, and 6. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions. How many think that God got a hold of this crowd? They were getting rid of their stuff. Belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Point three, love is revealed through unity and caring. The church is at its best when we care about each other. Jesus, our... our First John says, they'll know you are my disciples. We're told in John, you'll know you are my disciples by your love one for another. That's the biggest thing, man. Don't step in the middle of that. You can't separate them. They got each other's back. How many of you know we're not all exactly the same in this room? It'd be easy to separate us and divide us if you wanted to, unless we are who God said we was. People that love each other. Disciples of Christ. Love is revealed through unity and caring. The early church was a tight group. Would literally give the shirt off their back. 
filled with kindness and a compelling desire to relieve suffering all around them. And they stuck together through it all. The church was and is who Jesus said we would be. That's the church. Look at verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. When the church is operating at its best, even unchurched heathen people kind of like us. They do. They go, I don't know what it is about those folk. They sure are nice people. I know they live different than I live, and, but they're not condemning. There's love coming out of that crowd. And they have hope for us. I want to hang. I'm going to go to one of those services they're holding. I'm going to go to one of those small groups at their house. I don't know why. I'm just a little bit interested what makes them so positive and upbeat. They had favor. You know, there's a God-given favor you and I can have. There is an unexplainable reason why somebody wants to talk to you. They are not in your culture zone. They may be a different stratosphere economically, or they may be a lot smarter than you. That wouldn't take too much for Pastor Dave. You know, You're, you got the degree. But we have Jesus. We have the love of God. We've got miraculous prayer. We've got a heart that cares. That's the church Jesus talked about. The gates of hell has no defense. You know, gates, sometimes you're going, oh, the gates are coming out. No, the gates just stay there. We're going at the gates. And the gates can't hold us back. You've seen those old movies, and they come with those ramrod things, and they're banging against it. Pretty soon the gates break down, and everyone inside's in trouble. When the church of God focus their attention on a gate that hell has set up. It cannot withstand the gates. Cannot withstand. Because God has given us the power to make a difference. Point number four, God gives favor to those he can trust. Folks, God will give favor to you. When he puts a ministry in mind to you, or he gives you a target to go after this weekend, it was the youth culture, but it could be anything. When God reveals an area of need that we should be working on, and we rally together as the church, and not just here at Prescott Life, but all over the city and community, or the nation, or in the world, when the church gets it right, hell is in big trouble. When we go soft, hell has a chance to recoup. And the, and the devil's just like a roaring lion looking whoever he can devour. But not on our watch. Because we're the church. And Jesus said, hell doesn't have a chance against us. We're going to close in prayer. And, and uh, could you stand? And Megan, and I think Rhett's going to help us. Um, Lord, as we're preparing ourselves for prayer time, I know, Lord, it's, 
It's easy to take our foot off the pedal and not really live up to what you saw. It's easy to get distracted, but Lord, you got our attention today. As we reread those verses in Acts 2, the church was so awesome, doing so many amazing things and, and not held back by personal desires or, or any of that, Lord. And God, if we need to clean things up, then Lord, let us do that today. I'm going to pray for the believer first. You're here today and you go, man, I've kind of lost my way. I'm not quite on task like I should be. I know that hell should be afraid, but I'm not giving it that kind of attention. The Lord wants to use you. He's empowered you. He cares about you. There's nothing this world can do that'll take away the calling on your life. So if you need to recommit to the Lord, just lift your hand. I'll pray for you right where you at. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't back down a bit. God cares about you. He's got you in mind when this sermon was put together. But there's some in this room that have never made a decision for Jesus Christ. And in the book of Revelation, there's a verse that's kind of interesting. It's Jesus and He's standing at the door. Chapter 3, verse 20, he says, He stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Do you know Jesus wants to have a relationship with you today? He's on the outside looking in, and he will not bust down the door of your heart. But if you hear his voice, not Pastor Dave, but you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, Let's do this. Let's have a relationship. But but pastor, I'm not good enough. None of us are. But pastor, I got some hangups. Even good Christians in this room have some hangups. Pastor, I'm running out of excuses. Open the door. Let Jesus into your life. He's better at framing your life than you are. Just give him a chance. If anyone's in the room that needs that, just lift your hand. And I'll pray for you right where you're at. Yeah. Let Jesus come into your life. For the first time, let Him in your life. For the thousandth time, let Him in your life. Let Jesus have His way. Let's say a prayer right now. Jesus, I thank You that You are who You said You were. And Lord, I ask You would help us to be who You said we would be. We're the church. We're part of a big body. It goes all over the world. And Lord, we love you. Be with us today. Meet every need that we prayed about at the front and those that are in the aisles of the church, Lord. Meet every need. And God, will give you the praise.